welcome to the Drunk Dietitians podcast, co-hosted by your favorite tipsy registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, co-owner of Dietitians of Palm Valley, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. Us dietitian besties can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we're medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So grab your favorite cocktail and join us for our favorite casual happy hour and expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Cheers. Welcome back to another episode of Drunk Dietitians. Um, We had on the amazing registered dietitian Brenna O'Malley today. She is 100% virtual. It was an awesome interview because she is comes from a different background where she actually came from more of like a marketing food company, product company um, background, and then merged it into dietetics, which was really cool. Um, she's very well known on Instagram as at the wellful. And she's like the queen of, I don't even know, what would, like puns, like um, memes, spunky, like tweets and quotes and even in the description great. we have on here, it says the Wellful is a mindful health brand and your source for nutrition and wellness news that you can digest. Pun is intended. Like that just defines her. Yeah, <laughs> like, like she's great at marketing, like which it it, it definitely bleeds through into yeah. her content because I've always like loved her content. And um, this episode, we really dive deep into all things like COVID-19, quarantine, Um, what's wrong with the diet culture and how there's so many messages out there on quote unquote wellness and all the bullshit regarding weight gain during a quarantine. So, and we really, I think the cool thing about this episode that we really haven't done before is that we kind of help the listeners understand what diet culture means in ways that are not like your typical in your face, right? And so like people on your feed right now that are posting certain things that you maybe used to perceive as like helpful maybe or anti-diet and now they're posting all of these things related to what your body should be looking like and doing during this time. Um, It just kind of gives you a different perspective of how to spot that sneaky diet culture. It's a a great way to put it. And I think um, anyone who's in quarantine, which is everyone right now. Um, Hands up if you're in quarantine. Yeah, yeah, can absolutely benefit from this. So um, we will not hold back any longer. Um, Enjoy this episode and all things Brenna O'Malley. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Drunk Dietitians. Um, I'm actually laughing because (laughs) I don't have a drink. Like I, that's how today is going. Um, so we're just going to drink water today and laugh at how dysfunctional Jenna and I mostly are. Brenna (laughs) is in a blazer and looks amazing. Um, we have Miss Brenna O'Malley here, registered dietitian, um, known on Instagram as at the wellful. 
She is a full-time virtual dietitian and honestly, I think like known for her memes, um, at least for me. That's like how I, I recognize you, but thank you so much for being Also here killing right the TikTok game. Like, let's yes. just give her some credit for that. Really Boom. pulling them out of nowhere, like all sorts of them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I feel like I need advice from both of you on that, actually. <laughs> but no, thank you guys so much. I'm so excited to be on and chat. So my husband caught me TikToking today and it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I feel like Jenna, you you have a very like specific kind of TikTok where it's a lot of like jumping Ooh, and right. like jumping and dancing. dancing. So yeah. <laughs> I could see Matt being like, what the hell is going on? I was like, can you just stand here and like hand me? Cause I was doing one about like pastas. And I'm like, can you just hand me the box? He's like, I don't support this and walked away. <laughs> I somehow have convinced Luke, my husband, um, we haven't done it yet, but I was like, I think we can go viral. I shouldn't put this out there because someone's going to steal it. You better do gonna, this before we release it. I know, <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to do something with Biggs, our French bulldog, and we have like a whole character written up for him, and he has a whole persona, and it's going to be, and Luke is his voice, and he does like an accent, and I think it's going to be really good. That's all I'm I love that. This I is what quarantine wait. has brought. <laughs> wait, that was so. Wait, we have a rapid fire game that we play that we're definitely going to play right now. And one of the questions used to be Netflix and chill or night out on the town as like, but I just feel like that's so unfair to ask you. So I'm going to kick off yeah, rapid fire right that. now with what is your favorite quarantine activity? It's not a rapid fire, but like, what have you um, been up to while you're home? <laughs> I know but, it's yeah. Um. Oh, I hope I have like a good answer. I've honestly been baking more than I have normally, That's which awesome. has been kind of fun. Um, My weekend plan. And like listening to podcasts. <laughs> I feel like I'm like able to listen to more like fun podcasts. Like I love this one guy. He's like a comedian, Jared Freed. Oh my gosh, the You Up podcast. Yeah, the You Up podcast. And then he has his own that's like J Train. I was just listening to it. And I'm like, I love when a podcast puts out like, like daily things and so now it's because I just I guess I like to be like overwhelmed with <laughs> content or something um so now he has like a daily one and I'm like I like that so is awesome. memes recently have also been so hysterical he posted oh, something the other day that I was crying on the floor um like I'll, I'll find it by the end of this episode but he yeah there was one that was like everyone he has done a bunch about like how everybody's going live now that Instagram yes. everyone's just on Instagram he's like if you've never gone live on Instagram like now it's not the time and I was like <laughs> I'm attacked because I'm going live all the time it's like sorry it's so funny so we're gonna kick this off with just a really simple rapid fire just for fun and then get into all things you because you're so yeah. awesome so and we have to do this quick because I wasted 25 minutes minutes of our time with a frozen computer world just so we know okay ready Brenna coffee ready. Tea. <laughs> uh coffee for wine sure. or beer wine tequila or vodka tequila snow or sand Ooh. um sand right now yeah I, want, I see here on our little list that you've lived in or you live in Bermuda and I definitely want to hear more about that I um, lived in Bermuda last year yeah oh um okay cats or dogs Dogs. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Crunchy. You're my girl. <laughs> now, last one. If you could have anything in this world in limitless quantities that is not money, what would it be? Ooh. Um, hmm. 
Oh my gosh. I can't think of like a thing, but I can think I would want like a view, like a place with a view, like a limitless view. I that love that. Is that why you live? <laughs> yeah, you know where you can like see like I don't know. I keep on thinking like a panoramic kind of a thing. I Not really that. a thing, but no, it works. It's inspiration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After being stuck inside, probably because so I'm cooped up inside yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I just want to be out. <laughs> I want <laughs> access to outdoors. <laughs> where are you right now? Are you in the city? Right no, I'm in upstate New York. So I'm with my um where I grew up with my parents right now. Where? Um, in Sullivan County. Okay. Like in Catskills, basically. My parents are in Rochester, like all the way up. Okay. So uh-huh. wait, a little farther. I'm yeah. like an hour and a half outside of the city. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. So definitely like rural, but yeah, I'm glad I lived in this. I went to school at NYU, so like lived in the city and then lived in Boston, but I'm grateful right now to not be right either in either of those places. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, have you watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I haven't. Okay. Either of you? No. Okay. You need to add this to your list. (laughs) Okay. It's on prime TV, but they talk about the cat skills and she's like, it's about a female comedian back in like, I forget the time era. I should know this like fifties or sixties, but they go to the cat skills. But anyways, long story. Um, for anybody listening that knows Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is an amazing TV show. (laughs) I have heard good things. I need to like add it to my, need to get around to all the things on my like to watch list. Yes, it's amazing. But yeah, let's jump right into you because there's um, so much I want to talk about. <laughs> I know, I know. I would say first give us like um it doesn't need to be a quick version, but just like how did you get to where you are right now in dietetics? Like have you always been this anti-diet, non-diet, intuitive eating, like fuck diet kind of person? Or yeah. like explain it could be like your personal relationship with food and just kind of your field of dietetics and your journey to where you are? Yeah. So I got into nutrition first. Um, I saw a dietitian in high school because my family, like celiac runs in my family. And then Mm -hmm. I, um, at the time we didn't test me, which I wish we had, but, um, like by trial and error ended up adopting a gluten-free diet and they referred me to a dietitian. So that was my first exposure to a dietitian. And I, thought she was like the shit. Like I thought she was so cool and loved our relationship, but kind of just took it as that. Um, and struggled like with my own relationship with food, but she wasn't, she was wonderful, but wasn't at all like anti-diet, wasn't exposed, was more exposed to like traditional diet kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then I went to college thinking I would do marketing, um, and worked for a green smoothie company my first year out. And that was when I really saw that one, anybody can make a food product, which was very inspiring and really cool. And I love the food startup space, but I also realized anybody can make a food product and anybody (laughs) can decide how it's marketed, how it's labeled. So I say like my like realization of it was really when I would be like selling this product and pitching it as like a freshman in college who just want is in sales essentially. And people would be like, is this, you know, how much sugar should be in this? Is this good? Is this bad? What about this ingredient? And was just like, wow, this is how people learn about food and health is that they're asking, you know, food products kind of, or they're asking like food marketing or learning from this. And just that everybody had these different like sets of criteria. Some people loved it because they were like, oh, it's all natural sugar. Some people were like, oh, there's too much sugar in this. I don't care where it comes from. And it was just like my exposure to how we learn about food. So then I, um, 
decided to switch my major, study nutrition, because I wanted to be a dietitian who would start a food company, because I thought that would be a good marketing um, area. But then I really fell in love with like the client side of it and worked for some really great dietitians in New York who like mentored me and I learned more about the eating disorder space and like mindfulness and intuitive eating. Um, and that kind of cracked open my like world of both like clinical and food marketing and really saw how they interact and um, like both how we get information and like develop our own relationships with food that are influenced by all of these messages that we get through the media, through like food marketing, through what your friend is doing and social media. And then like on an individual basis, like working on that relationship in like a one-on-one -on -one setting. Um, so that's really how I like, then I went the traditional dietetics route. I did my dietetic internship. Um, at, and mine was like pretty evenly spaced between you know, it was clinical, but it was also like, you know, everything else that you food service and all that. But I did my concentration in, I created it in intuitive eating and um, like PR. So kind of created that. That's awesome. I haven't heard from anybody that's done their internship in intuitive eating. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, well, it's like we had six weeks to create whatever you wanted. So I made a course for the hospital that was on intuitive eating. How did that go? Kind of, yeah. It was, was our first exposure to that ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were amazing. Like everyone was really like gave me so much room to do it, which I think was really amazing. And I'm so grateful for it, but it was also the first time, like it was, it was interesting to see like pieces that were harder, like in, you know, for it to apply or for it to fit or like that learning curve. Um, of like bringing in like a Hayes like advocate and like those kind of things where it was really good experience I think to see how those worlds can meld more but how right now like a lot of times they're really separate yeah yeah that's such a unique path like we've had many dietitians on the show and nobody like it's so unique and it makes so much sense because anybody who follows you on Instagram and for those who are listening I'm sure will now follow you but like you it's so cool to now, I had no idea you had that marketing background, but it makes so much sense why your message is so strong and grounded and funny and witty. And like you, you're like meant to be a marketer, but, and then like give this intuitive eating message. It's so cool to see that together. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting how it kind of like mixes, but I would say that's like how I got more, you know, I didn't know about intuitive eating specifically and definitely was still learning. I mean, I still am learning, but was still learning a lot about like health at every size. I think I learned about later, you know, I think it was kind of like mindfulness is like a nice, easy door kind of that can get you into First step. Right. And then you, I kind of learned more about intuitive eating and how that plays a role in like disordered eating and then health at every size, I think came later as you get like deeper into understanding like all of the nuances of health and everything that applies. Yeah. Well, I have a question, but Jenna, I want to go to you. Anything that you ask? I mean, you guys know what I want to talk about because I'm like pulling up the slides right now. I just, I love your approach and how gentle it is, but also super blunt. Like, I feel like there's, there's nobody out there that does this the way that you do. Um, and one of the things that I relate 
so much too is I just feel like I'm scrolling your feed right now. Like I just find it very inviting. Um, and I'm just curious where your inspiration from some of this and what you share has come from. I mean, any personal experiences with like your own guilt around food or with fitness, um, or the scale, because I know there's a lot of great scale, like toss your scale type posts um, that I really love. But is that just just from like experience counseling people or is there any personal connections that are present? Yeah, I think I think definitely a combination. Um, I think so in high school, I when I found out something I really am passionate about and like kind of before getting more into mindfulness and intuitive eating was I really wanted to work with, and I still do work with like food allergies because I think it's an interesting place that can kind of mask disordered behaviors, um, just like an interest in health can too. And so I think when I first learned about being gluten-free, it was like definitely praised to be eating, you know, gluten-free was just considered healthier and it was really easy. I like wasn't like, didn't have an eating disorder that I was diagnosed with or really see anybody with. Um, but definitely struggled with feeling like strong labels around food and like a strong identity to eating in this way that was so praised and like kind of easy to like eat less or to eat specific foods or avoid certain foods. Um, so I would say that was something that definitely came up for me. And like, I identify with a lot when I'm talking about it, but then I also take a lot of inspiration from just noticing how we talk about food and like these messages that we're getting a lot and try to not necessarily like respond exactly when an article comes out, but when I'm seeing a message a lot that's on Instagram or kind of hearing these things, like trying to respond as directly as possible without necessarily like calling out an exact account or an article, um, but kind of to rebut those things. It's awesome. I mean, the way that you've handled, and I think we've made it very clear that we're recording this during the COVID-19 um, quarantine time. Um, and the way that you've handled that messaging is like really awesome. And before we talk about that, I know Sam, you had a question. I don't want to, I don't want to overtake this. <laughs> oh, that, that was really, that was my question was kind of going into that. And it all kind of fits perfectly of, like you said, when you see a theme that's happening on social media, which is with diet culture, there are many themes, right? Mm -hmm. But um, with this specific crisis that we're all in right now, we've seen diet culture be so loud and profound um, in all of the memes about like quarantine 15 and like gaining weight during quarantine and how to focus on losing weight or toning up during this time and using your time at home wisely. Yeah. Um, so I already have seen your highlight on this, but I think for anyone who hasn't, like if you could just kind of like summarize that again, like your thoughts on that whole thing. Yeah. For <laughs> so, lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of messaging that's going on that's you know in instagram in news articles and like kind of people i feel like selling to this audience now who's at home about like the first thing that happened was kind of that you know i think we, this has been evolving right and it's been a lot of things going on but i think one of the first things was that gyms closed mm. and that um and so at first it was kind of just like oh here are a bunch of options to like continue 
working out. Like gyms are closed. Here are a bunch of options. And then it kind of shifted the conversation to like, now you're at home and you have access to all of your food at home and there's no gym. And it kind of culminated into this message of like, basically watch your weight while you're home. And you know, this is like creating almost like it's a dangerous, like I'm putting that in quotes time to be home and like in your kitchen or working from home because like, God forbid you're gaining weight right now, which I think also just is speaks to diet culture as a whole, having such a hold on us because there's literally a pandemic going on, which is very scary and a very real threat and something that doesn't have to do with you eating fruits and vegetables or going to the gym or your weight really. And, and for diet culture to still have such a hold on all of us. And I think, you know, it's not anyone's person, like any one person's fault that they're feeling that, or that this person is even, you know, writing that, or this account is writing that because like it has, we all fall into the same category of being affected by this message and falling victim to that. But I think it also, you know, if you can take a step back and realize that this is like a really serious situation and that we're still getting this message that what we should be doing in this time is like making sure we don't gain weight or that your weight doesn't change or like that you don't, you know, loosen up on your like eating habits or your gym routine versus like staying home and like dealing with the mental health effects that are happening right now of like social distancing, of being scared of what's going on, of like all of this uncertainty of like jobs that are changing, you know, of people that are being sick. And like, I think it's, um, really just shows the strength of diet culture. And I think we all kind of need a reminder that we don't need to be worried about that right now or like in general. Um, but to kind of call out that message when we see it. I think it shows too, like everything that you just said, like how many spaces diet culture exists, right? So like people that you don't expect to be sharing those types of messages that are, it's like so mind blowing to me. And you just, I mean, you nailed it. I saw somebody put like the quarantine 19 and like that just like made me want to like throw my phone out the window. Like it's just so inappropriate, I think is the only word. And and that same breath, it's like people capitalizing on the vulnerability right now is just to a level that I've never seen before. Um, which is insane. And the post that you just posted, which is um, at right now while we're recording, the most recent post is titled A Break, uh, A Break from the Gym, Why It Might Be Best for Your Health. And like, there's just so many key points in that article that you wrote that are so powerful about like putting into perspective, like if what I talk to my clients about is like, if something like that is taken away from you, like your reaction to that says everything about your connection and your healthy relationship with that thing. Um, And there's just so much we can learn from this right now. And you really just nailed it. So thank you for putting that out there. And we will add that to the show notes (laughs) for people to read. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that, I think it is such, I think a lot of clients have said, you know, things about, well, like when I was injured or something, like something happened where I can't be in my normal routine. And that's a time where you can really like have this perspective change of like, what is your relationship with food or with exercise or with anything like, like you were just saying. And I feel like this is, you know, even though this is a much bigger thing going on, it's also an opportunity to kind of check in on, on those different relationships that we're often so in, you know, like you can't really see things when you're like in, in them. So yeah, it's kind of a chance for, for that too. 
Yeah, I think it, exactly what you're saying. It, it shines a light on everyone's relation. It's like putting an injury on all of us, right? Like we're all quote unquote injured right now and can't do certain things. So everyone's bringing to light like their anxieties about their relationship with food or fitness. And then now because of these social media platforms, it's being like heightened and lifted. Um, so I don't want to paraphrase for you, Brenna, but I would, I think like, and I know you would say this, like we're not, all three of us are not like anti people who want to lose weight. Like if that's mm -hmm. something that you desire and that's something like, that's a different conversation. But if you find yourself, um, being one of these people that are concerned about your weight during this time, like what, what advice would you offer to them? Yeah, I think it's, it's like, you know, thinking about how you can be gentle with yourself kind of, and, and knowing that, like, I think I like to think of things as like, when things change, things change, right? So like when you're right now our access to food, like your whole life has pretty much changed likely. Like, even if you were working at home from before, like I normally work at home, but things are still different for me. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so when things change, you know, when your relationship, when your access to food change, when what you're eating changes, when your routine changes, when your stress changes, when, you know, all of these different things in your life change, it's possible that other things will change too. And your body might change. And I think trying to like be gentle with yourself, you know, I know that's not really the answer that someone might want, but right now there are a lot of things out of our control. And so trying to take care of yourself in ways that, you know, make you feel good. And that might be, you know, exploring different ways to like make time for yourself or like take care of yourself, meaning like giving yourself enough to eat, giving yourself foods that you like, like, you know, getting fresh air when you can and, you know, taking care of yourself in those different ways that that is maybe more important right now or more helpful to you than, being concerned with like this pursuit of weight loss, um, or of controlling your body. And it makes sense where that comes from, right? Like there are so many things out of our control right now. So it makes sense that we would want to control lots of different things, but one of them being something that we're told we should be able to control, um, which is like our weight and our body. And so kind of trying to give yourself permission and like, you know, a break almost around that, or like give yourself some slack that things are really different and really hard right now. And, um, trying to make yourself comfortable and, and do things that make you feel good right now, like taking care of yourself as you are kind of. Yeah. I've been telling clients too, that like, if you can create self care strategies amongst this chaos, like think about how that will translate into your life. Like when things come back to normal, like how much easier it will be to continue those things like meditation or yoga or journaling yeah. or reading or walking. Like when you go back into like normal <laughs> but like, if you can do that now and create calm now, you'll be able to create calm in any scenario you're ever faced with. And I think that's like the message that these messages need to be out there so much louder. I just keep thinking to myself and for, I don't know if you're, you know, this, Sammy's heard this like a million times at this point though, but you know, if this had happened, this pandemic had happened like three, four years ago in my own life, like I would not be handling this right now. I would be a wreck. Like I'm like a self-diagnosed like fitness 
ex-fitness addict who like, if my gym was taken away from me like four years ago, I would not be okay. And so I, it's a really great time. I feel like to like really look at like your growth too, and like reflect back on, you know, your own journey and process and like really give yourself the credit for the things that you are able to overcome or that you have. And like really now's the time to be proud of where you are in your own journey too, which I think is also something that like we need to be reminded of sometimes. Like that's what I've been like journaling about and like meditating on is that like, you know, like good for me that like here I am right now, like doing okay with like the walking and the less movement. And, you know, just like what you were just saying, like if everything changes, everything changes, but if nothing changes, nothing changes. And we can continue these habits that make us feel good despite what's going on in the world, I think is a really powerful reminder. Yeah. I love that actually. I think that's a good reminder too. And I think something that also made me think of that, like this post, you know, about having a break from the gym is like, even when I was in high school, I remember like, you know, probably in a more, you know, struggling with like my relationship with like food and my body spot. And was talking to my dietitian and was saying something about must have been like a break between like you know sports seasons and was like concerned about this break between sports seasons and what that would mean for like my body and my weight and I just remember her being like if do you like what would you do if you were injured or like what would you do if you couldn't work out for a few weeks or you know this thing and for me it was it was one of those things that was just like that reflective question I remember being like oh shoot (laughs) I guess I need to think about that because I was like I wouldn't be very happy that would never happen (laughs) yeah right but I like I think it's like just having the opportunity to like be able to ask yourself those things and then also recognizing when like you do have that growth too or like you know thinking also like thinking asking yourself those questions and then also recognizing how different things are now or like can be in the future Uh, yeah I think giving yourself credit, right? I think it's so easy. Like we, I see it all the time with a lot of like stay at home moms that we work with or just people in general, but they'll be like, I, I don't do anything. And then I tell them to make a list of everything they do during a day. And I'm like, you do more than anyone I've ever met. Like, what do you mean you don't (laughs) do anything? Um, and like giving yourself credit for where you're at. Um, that reminded me, I was sorry if I was looking down, I was looking at my phone. Um, Fiona, Sutherland posted a few days ago, it's okay to not be okay right now. And it's also okay to be okay right now. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I'm sure we've all seen it with some of our clients, like you're almost like expecting something to not be okay. And some people are okay. Like I had a call today with a client who's like, I'm loving this. Like (laughs) I'm at home with my husband and my puppy and we were drinking margs on our balcony. And like, she was like, I'm more at peace than I've ever been. And of course she has empathy and like concern for the world and the state that the world is in. But like with your own habits, like I think so many people, like it's so hard with Instagram because we all have messages that we're pumping out. And like some people right now, like they need to become curious of why they're freaking out. Mm -hmm. And then some people like need to take note of like, wow, like my relationship with food and my body and fitness is like pretty damn good. Cause I'm like feeling okay. It's so, stable, right? Like yeah. it's almost like a stability, like we're recognizing instability or stability in these places. And I think this was a podcast we recorded recently that somebody said something like being at home with your significant other, like made 
somebody that she was speaking with like realized how much more often she ate than her partner Mm -hmm. and like how that didn't feel good for that person. And then like it sparks a conversation. Like that's okay. You're hungrier. Your metabolism's different. But like you look on Instagram and it's like, that's not okay. And you should not eat more than your significant other. Like there's just so much confusion. And like, I feel like this is a time where we're all kind of recognizing some of what makes us us um, and our growth points. And there are some silver linings happening, right? Like there really are. You know, I did stop watching the news, so I do feel like that's why I'm a little bit more at peace. But um, yeah, there were a few times I was getting texts from Jenna, and I was like, "Not okay. Are we okay? Like, what's happening right now?" I told her the other day before our last podcast, I was like, "I can't do this today," and she was like, "Uh, "Do I need to come there?" I'm like, "Yes." Like, (laughs) but you know, I've I've had those phases. Like, I had the phase too of like I woke up and everything's fine because I work from home and nothing's gonna change. And then I had the phase where like I couldn't get out of bed because it was like the weight of the world and everybody I loved felt like it was on my shoulders and like then I came back to like this is gonna be okay like I'm gonna be okay (laughs) right I think sharing those kind of things like both of or all of us have been doing is like helpful I don't know yeah and it's okay to change like it's okay to be okay and then for the next day to be like not okay right and like (laughs) or hours apart or whatever it is. And so, but I do think one silver lining to this is it's showing true colors of medical professionals on Instagram um, and what their messages are and what their values are. And I think it's awesome. Um, And I think it- Immune stuff that you posted the other day of like how to spot a um, somebody, some you reposted somebody's post and it was like how to spot, you know, the- that's the right word, the Instagram charlatans or whatever they're called. <laughs> and like, it was like, if someone's in your inbox right now selling you something to boost your immune system, like say, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a few emails over the past couple of weeks from like brands wanting to do stuff. And I was like, whoa, this is not the time or like good <laughs> at all. I was like, this is, I didn't even, I mean, I didn't even answer them. I should probably be like, you should know that this is not okay. But I was like, wow, this is crazy to to see in like full force. Yeah. I got a few direct messages from like MLM people. And I was like, first of all, you must have never read any of my (laughs) posts. Like I literally am openly like bashing MLMs and tell people like, if you work for one, like just unfollow me. Like it's fine. Like I I don't hate you as a person, but I hate your company. Um, and, but like those, like, I couldn't believe like someone tried to tell me to boost my immunity and start Arbon. And I was like, go read any posts. Here's any of them. <laughs> well, Brenna, I'm staring at a bio that our interns put together on you and they have in big, bold letters, Brenna is a firm believer in three things and they're so beautiful. Um, it's, do you mind if I read them? Just sure. to like share more about what um, the world needs to know about you. It says that Brenna is a firm believer that we can feel our best without feeling obsessed, that our relationship with food and our body is as important as what we put into our body, and that nutrition doesn't need to be confusing or complicated. And I think that like, hopefully were those correct. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think from the perspective of like defining a dietitian and like 
being like a dietitian to look up to and to inspire to be and, you know, for RDs to be out there listening and people just looking for somebody positive to follow. Like those are three incredible bullets um, just put so beautifully of like what really it is to be a dietitian, I think. And like, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like those are, um, I'm really glad that I think that type of message is getting more traction right now too. Like, I think, I think even like a few years ago or like years ago, we're talking so much about like the specifics. And I think it's just about like zooming out into like the bigger picture of like that we're all people and like individuals, you know, and, pyramid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. You should just make a post about that. Like, remember the food pyramid? (laughs) (laughs) Remember, like, then that's what we were, like, learning? Do you guys actually, like, remember how, like, then they put, like, the guy on the side, like, climbing the food pyramid? Like, all the variations of it? (laughs) That's what we learned. Like, it blows my mind. Blows my mind. so funny. And just, like, all the loaves of bread on the bottom. I feel like it was, like, I was always, like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. Oh, well, Sammy, what else you got for Brenna before we go into those tipsies? I would say like, give us what I would love if you pull up your Instagram right now Mm -hmm. and give us your most, I would love to know what is your most like engaged photo or video that you've ever put up? Like what has got the most traction? I would be interested. Like actual engagement? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what that means, honestly. Like I'm like have an Instagram and I'm like, tell me, I don't know. Um, like if you go on the back end, like what has the most like views or likes or comments or what, or it doesn't even have to be like the most engagement, but what was one that you remember that people were like, whoa, like like that aha moment. Oh, you know what? Actually it's interesting. Um, so it's kind of a recent one, but it's a tweet I had just a, like last week or a week ago or so. And so it's a tweet that says, I once had a therapist tell me that our bodies don't physically change very much day to day. And me thinking I looked completely different one day to the next was more about my perception of how I see myself than what I actually look like. And that's how I learned about body image. Mm. And so that was like one of my more engaged, that was, I guess, in the past year, according to Instagram, that was my most engaged, awesome. with, um, engaged with posts. So, and that was kind of just about how I think also, yeah. So that was my most engaged with. It's incredible. I mean, that's such an incredibly <laughs> yeah. powerful message. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'll never forget when I talked to Brie Campos for the first time and she just said, body image is more about your brain than your body. And I was like, Wow. Like, so simple, so profound, but like, like I had a discovery call today. Someone we talked like, yeah, people think just changing your body means happiness, but Mm -hmm. that's literally has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. But the world that we're in tells us that has everything to do with it. Yeah. I know. I think it's, I think body image is so it's like one of my favorite things to work on with clients and talk about. I think it is so interesting. And so powerful because it's like how you, how you see yourself basically. Right. And so like, it's so interesting how it can be so influenced one day to another and, but you're like, and it feels like your physical body is changing or like that, you know, that you're seeing actual differences, but it's really so much more inside and that it doesn't have to be that drastic or like you can do things that like make that feel less scary and extreme. 
if there is somebody struggling with body image listening, what would be one thing that you could share with them to like kind of draw the, either draw their attention to or think about in like a different way? If there's anything, I know that's very per- person specific, but if there mm-hmm. is anything, we can call this our nutrition tipsy of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say to, so if you're, if you're struggling with body image, you said? Yes. Yeah. I would say to get curious and like maybe draw, like think about things that influence what, what changes your body image. So if it's like certain clothes that you're wearing or a certain workout class, or when you scroll by a certain person's Instagram, or when you walk by a mirror or, you know, whatever those are, you can probably do a big list. And sometimes I'll do like an exercise where we think about the center as body image and all of these like rays on the outside, almost like a sun are, um, like things that influence it. And that can be pretty powerful to notice, like for someone, it might be, you know, when you like go on a walk or like you meet a certain friend or you're on stage for some reason or whatever it is. And kind of noticing those different things that influence your body image can be a pretty big first step because you're kind of drawing awareness to it and realizing that those things might have a lot to do with it versus your actual body. And it can be kind of a powerful like starting place. Yeah. A great visual. I'm a big Mm -hmm. visual learner. Anytime you can put something in front of me and like draw something, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. If I just try to listen to something, I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm gone. So that's (laughs) awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of this. This is amazing. And I feel like we're definitely going to have to have you on in the future for a part two of hopefully not another crisis, like a more fun talk, but for anybody listening, what is the best way for them to find you, Brenna? On Instagram, I'm at the wellful. It's T H E W E L L F U L. So there's only one L in the full. Um, but that's the best way to find me. (laughs) I do want to ask you, where did the wellful come from? Yeah, it came from me trying to, um, create an LLC. And I really, I made like lists of words I wanted to be, and then had to find one that wasn't taken already. (laughs) And so I just wrote a bunch of words and I was like, well, and like good and nourish and all these different things. And then none of, obviously none of them were available. So I started putting them together and I liked well and full, but I only liked like the F-U-L part because it could be like mindful, beautiful, thoughtful was like the initial thought. Love that. Um, and like that wellness comes from fullness instead of restriction. But really, I just made it up so that. It's <laughs> so that I awesome. yeah. <laughs> I've, always, I've always wondered that. And I remember when I first started following you, like, I just kept calling you like wellful. Like I would be sharing your post and I'd be like the wellful, the wellful. And I was like, Oh my God, what is her name? All I know is the wellful. It's so hard. It's, it's great hard branding. Cause you like, I like knew you as the wellful. And then I finally was like, Oh, she's a person. And her name is Brenna. Um, but great branding. Love it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Stay safe during this craziness. Um, and we'll definitely be chatting with you soon. Thank you so much, Brenna. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. I am virtually cheersing all of you. We absolutely love sipping on a cocktail with you and sharing as many nutrition tipsies as possible during this episode. 
We know there are a ton of pods out there, and we are so appreciative of your time that you spent listening to us today. Please be sure to check out the show notes for episode details and all of our guest information. We promise to keep bringing you the best and the most knowledgeable and fun guests we possibly can. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share, and post if you enjoyed our content today. And visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Dietitians to find out what is up next for us on the pod. We absolutely love you. We appreciate you and can't wait to spend more time cheersing with you soon. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.